Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every day, children fall in the water by accident without proper supervision. In the U.S. and in Mexico, drowning is one of the leading causes of death for children four and under. Even children who are swimming in the pool with a parent present could get submerged underwater in a moment of inattention. What can parents do to keep their kids safe in the water? I'm Maria Bernal, certified ISR instructor, and today we're talking about water safety basics. This is Parent Savers Episode 50. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to Parent Savers. We're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and I want to say thanks to all of our loyal listeners who've joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for free for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. And another way that you can stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace, and that gives you a chance to easily listen to all of our podcasts on the go. So as I said, my name's Johnner. I have three young boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 21-month-old. It's to the point where I think I need to stop counting in months and say almost two-year-old. Um, but I'm in the three boys club, and I'm joined here by some other parent panelists as well as Maria. Hi, I'm Shell. I'm 28. I own the Swaddled Sprout, a natural parenting resource in San Diego. I have two boys, um, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a 14-month-old. Hi, my name is Amy Ranallo. I am 34. Um, I work part-time outside the home for a financial institution, and I have one daughter who's 17 months. Hi, I'm Amy Askin, and I am the mother of three little mermaids, Olivia, who's eight, and Serene, who's three, and Elle, who is newborn. And Elle is in the studio with us today, so we may hear her chiming in as well from time to time. Maria, how about you? I have a 22-month-old. He's going to turn two in June. That's that's when mine turns two, too. I think we're in the same boat where we need to maybe start saying he's almost two. <laughs> yeah. Because it's getting really, we, really I just want to keep him a baby still, I think. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into today's topic, I'm joined now by Kelly Wilson from Alert ID, and they make a great app that's perfect for parents and families. So we're going to learn a little more about it. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your app. It's called Alert ID, and what what led you to create it? It originally started um, with a personal story, and 
I was in an amusement park in California with my three kids and my husband, and it was a very busy day, and I was separated from, we were separated from our kids for almost an hour. And any parent knows that panic, that terrifying feeling. And so thankfully, we were reunited with my with our kids, but at that time, I didn't have the necessary and updated information and photo and all of all that I really needed to be able to um, lead a search. So that spurred on the idea of how can we help children and families with lost and missing children. So Alert ID began um, originally as a way to help lost and missing children by creating a way um, online for our families to be able to store this information. Well, in speaking to law enforcement across the country, they said, this is wonderful. It's revolutionizing child safety. However, can we expand it to include not only children, but families and communities and, you know, neighbors? And so we've been able to do that. So we created Alert ID, which is a free online and mobile service. And um, it allows you to see what kinds of events are in, happening in your neighborhood, whether it be crimes, sex offenders. Um, and neighbors can share information with each other. They can share suspicious information. We have a platform for public safety that people can communicate, a social network, if you will. And then we created an app so that you can take this information with you wherever you go, whether it's no matter what state you're in. We're in, we're in all 50 states. So people can take the app and say, okay, I'm going to go to a different park or we're traveling to a new area. How safe is this area? So they can look at the app and see what sex offenders are near this park. And you know what? I'm going to either keep my eye a little more, more open or maybe I'll go somewhere else. We, yeah, we went to a park the other day that was outside of our normal neighborhood. And I was surprised by how uneasy I felt being in a strange area and not knowing what was around and being out of the bubble. And it sounds like Alert ID could have really helped me with that and get me to feel a little more comfortable with the area or less comfortable, if that's the case. Maybe. Well, you know, we and, and I agree with you. And, and I think in this day and age, information is truly power. And the more that we know, the more that we can be empowered with information and know what's happening, the better we can protect our kids and, and work together as a community to, you know, to feel safer and to take care of our families. Okay, so how exactly does it work? You download the app. It's free, like you said, and then you also have to create an account, and then what happens from there? Right. Very easy. Again, as you mentioned, it is free. Um, you just go to alertid.com. It takes less than a minute to create an account, and all it will ask you for is your name, and it will ask for your address, but it's all um, simply for geographic purposes so that it will pull up a map of your neighborhood, but you can include other neighborhoods as well, maybe your child's school, your work, you know, areas you visit, grandma's house, and you'll be able to see what events have happened in that neighborhood with the map. You'll also be able to receive email and push notification alerts whenever something changes. For, uh, for example, a sex offender moves into your neighborhood, you're going to be notified. Anything in the sex offender database for your state, whenever anything changes, you're notified as a member of Alert ID. And yeah, and we've actually got a landing page just for Parent Savers, Boob Group, and Preggy Pals listeners. If you go to alertid.com slash newmommy, you can sign up there. D does it matter if you sign up first and then download the app or download the app and then sign up? Can you do it in either order? It doesn't matter. Okay. So is the information that you're getting through Alert ID, is that something that you guys are putting out there or is it coming straight from the source? It comes straight from the source. We tie it directly into the state sex offender databases. Um, and it's unfiltered. So 
whenever anything changes in a sex offender's profile, their address, their, you know, any physical traits that change, that um, will just go directly to our members in an alert. And we also have crime information in many, many cities across the country. Same thing, we tie directly into their, their CAD system, their dispatch system, so that that information goes directly to our members, to the citizens. You know, if there's a burglary that happens down your street, you're going to be notified. So, yeah, it's, it's unfiltered, and we just, um, you know, we have a partnership with them, and we tie directly with them. Can I add one more thing that I wanted to share with Absolutely. families about the app? Yeah. Wonderful. It's on our free app, and it's called My Family Wallet. And for those of us that, you know, really want to be prepared um, about protecting our kids, and it kind of goes back to the original, the origin of Alert ID, you can put on My Family Wallet your most updated photo, demographic information, height, weight, that kind of thing, directly into the app on your smartphone so that you are prepared in the case of being separated from your child or if your child becomes lost or missing because then you have the most updated information. And law enforcement is so grateful to have that because 99% of the time, families aren't prepared. So I encourage you to not only become a member of Alert ID and download the app, but, but be prepared with the most updated information on your children so that you are prepared and you can be reunited with your child in, if you're separated from them. Great. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool idea. It's amazing. I think that this is a free service, something definitely I think all parents and families should have. Um, and I'm glad that we're able to make them aware of it. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. Thanks so much for spreading the word and protecting families. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Today's topic is water safety. And so we have Maria Bernal, who is a certified ISR instructor. Or I, I, Maria Bernal, did I? <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Right. But I'm excited to talk about this. I know that um, my three sons, we've done various swimming lessons with them and something that they've been, grandparents especially, I feel like are real nervous about with them by the pool. And it's something I think that all parents are really tuned into this topic. So hopefully we can have a really nice conversation about it. So what age, Maria, do you think water safety applies to? And I, and I guess where I'm coming from this question is how young are kids or old are they when they can reach the water? It's pretty young, right? Yes. So water safety applies to every age. Uh, babies from infants to adults even. Adults also have to be very safe in the water. Nobody is drown proof. Um, so children can reach the water right when they start crawling. So we need to be aware of all, all the water hazards, our, our home imposes even, um, because we, we really never know when they will start to crawl. So we be, need to be safe before that. Also, um, when children have little brothers in the house, even when they're not crawling, they can reach the water because their little brother, or I mean their older, older brother, brother yeah. uh, wanted to give them a bath. Or uh, right. So actually, water safety applies to all ages. Yeah, even when they can't even move if there's older exactly. siblings around. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And what age do you think it's a good time to start swimming lessons or you know, introduce um, them to the water in a pool? So the perfect age to start swimming lessons is six months and right when they start um, sitting down by themselves. That just makes the process a little bit faster because their muscles are strong enough so they'll complete the program faster. So right when they're six months, they are neurologically ready to start swimming lessons. That's interesting. 
Because I feel like even with like water births, you see that like babies are ready for the water. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't they know. They have ready. a natural. My understanding is they have a natural. <laughs> there's instinct. there's a misconception. They really don't. Um, mm. They they don't have a natural uh, instinct instinct to swim. Yeah. It's it's really we we're not. I I'm not even sure where that came out to be. But well, um, I think it's the fact that maybe they're in the water and they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And they <laughs> turn nine months. Drown. And so <laughs> drown. we're explaining like what, what like what is it that we're seeing with the kid? The yes. And they the don't start out breathing right when they are born so that's also a misconception but they they have no natural instinct of moving whatsoever that is completely learned like walking and mm-hmm. like riding a bike and so yeah it's almost dangerous if people think then yeah. exactly. think yes. that it's an instinct because yes. I hope think they can drop their three-month-old in the pool I hope and walk no away. parent does that well, but not that anyone would walk away right, right but maybe you know maybe they are being a little more I'm sure somebody's done it somewhere in the world right we started um, swim lessons with our daughter actually I, I was a certified Red Cross instructor and so I took her into the water at our community pool at six months and she did really well mm-hmm. and then by the time she was two and a half or three, she started getting a real fear of the water. We had we didn't have the daily practice and things. We had the daily practice from six months to about a year and a half. So how does that happen? Like what what happens there so, where she gets completely afraid and forgets everything? So there's a really big difference between being um, apprehensive of something, anything, not even the water, and fear. Fears are learned. Mm-hmm. So if she had a fear of the water she must have had a really bad experience with the water. Maybe somebody threw her in the pool when she wasn't expecting it. She was in, in, in a pool when it was really dark and she couldn't see anything. So a really, really bad experience with her. If she didn't, then maybe she was just apprehensive. It was something new. It was It's a completely new environment. She feels buoyant. Uh, she's wet. Maybe she's cold. Maybe she's too warm. So maybe that was just apprehension. Yeah, and it was different because we took her in an ocean versus mm-hmm. a okay. pool. Okay. Yes, and then so the I waves. figured she was okay yeah. and yeah. very uh, calm ocean. It was the Atlantic. It wasn't here. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> it, was a, it was a nice eighty degree water. But I mean, waves coming at you is a lot different than mm-hmm. a confined yeah. swimming right. pool. At I get degrees. scared of the ocean too. Sure. Right? Sure. Right? Sure. I'm sure she's yeah. seen yeah. the octonauts or, or <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. maybe not. But maybe there's yeah. what's in the ocean. Sure, too, sure. And she is precocious like that. That's a good point. And then she also at two years of age, you understand a little bit more about sure. the world so you know you can fall and if you were carrying her and the yeah. waves were coming and then the sand so so a she knows variables. a little bit more than it yeah <laughs> good because I thought I was a bad mom no <laughs> Um, what is the AAP stance on water lessons for infants and toddlers? So until a couple of years ago the AAP changed in s- its stance on water safety lessons for infants and for toddlers They used to not recommend lessons, but then after a lot of research and finding out that water lessons actually can save lives and getting children um, skilled uh, has saved a lot of children's lives, then now um, they have changed its stance and now they allow or better said, they recommend Mm -hmm. lessons for infants and for toddlers. And what what age would they is do they have a recommendation on what age you would start uh, or is it just based on the child? It's it's based a lot on the child, but at six months is a great a great uh, age to start, just because you want them skilled by the time they're mobile. Okay, and what what can we expect from a six month old or a one year old or a two year old? So from a six month old to a twelve month old, you can 
teach them how to roll over onto their backs mm -hmm. and float. Okay. They can maintain that float for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes, and that gives the parent or the caregiver precious time for them to find them in the water. Mm -hmm. And when they don't feel the, that an adult is present, then they, they start crying a little bit or whining, and that is great because the parent can hear them, that they're in the water. And then parents also can distinguish the cries and the whines mm -hmm. from being in danger or being in the water or from just wanting something else. After 12 months, from um, 12 months to six-year-olds, then we can start teaching them our swim-float-swim sequence. What that is, is depending on their size and the strength of their muscles, they can swim a few feet, and then before they feel the need to, to breathe, they roll over onto their backs, just like the infants, and they rest, they breathe, they calm, and then they flip over again and continue swimming. They do this with their eyes open, that allows them to find a safe place in the water or get completely out of the water. Now, like a lot of cases, when, when children get in the water by accident in open water, let's say a sea or a lake, then there's no way out. Then there they can maintain their float for, again, a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes or in some cases, even a couple of hours. Jeez. Yeah, a record is uh, four hours, a student oh. that was that had been floating for four hours in open sea. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and so we've kind of transitioned a little bit from talking about traditional swim lessons at the neighborhood pool into, is this what ISR is? Yes, that's what Infant Swimming Resource teaches their students. And the idea being that it's, we, not, it's not so much about going to the pool and having fun with your kids it's survival, survival. Teaching it's them survival. exactly okay. they do, students do get to have fun because they're mm -hmm. water savvy you know they're they're skilled so they can get to enjoy the water but we focus on safety and on getting them saved in case of an accident yeah that's amazing to hear about you know i've totally from... seen videos of it it's very cool yeah I'm... i feel like it's been going around online pretty recently yeah. it's the first time i've heard about the isr mm -hmm. the videos that i've seen online I've been doing this for five years, and every video, every student that floats, I get goosebumps still. I'm like, when will this be over? I guess never. When you see a student floating and you know that he has a chance of surviving in case of an accident, it's just amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so parents, if they want to learn the, these techniques, you're an ISR instructor. Like, it, Where can you find that? Is there a central website to find it? Or there you... is. It's infantswim.com, okay. and there's an instructor locator and that uh, and that homepage we actually have instructors all over the world now but we are always in need for more you know there's uh, there's a lot of children in the world that are at risk and we are always looking for for more instructors we'll make sure that that's on this week's episode page on the site as well um you mentioned other water sources earlier um you know that is dangers for kids what are some other water sources besides pools and are there any survival techniques for them too? Uh, thank you for that question because it it allows me to explain uh, to parents that y not only are pools a risk to to children but their homes as well you need to be aware of all the risks that your home imposes children have uh, been, have drowned in toilets they have drowned in sinks in bathtubs even in salsas, 
in in like huge a big a tub? tubs of salsa. A cauldron oh of salsa. Oh my gosh. I, I thought she <laughs> said salsa. That sounds amazing. They drunged it well. <laughs> I mean the, the cauldron of salsa, not <laughs> right. the baby drowning it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my oh gosh, my, yeah. that's crazy. That is a surprise. Yes, it's it's extremely sad. Parents of toddlers should really be aware that they need to keep their home safe. And by you, you do that by keeping always your bathtub completely free of water, emptying any pails that contain any type of liquid, not even water, but you shouldn't soak water, uh, soak clothes in water and leave it unattended. When you're mopping, never leave that pail unattended, never leave an open can, and even never leave any toys that can catch rainwater outside. And then you just forget, you know, moms are so, we're always so busy and we can forget about things after a second so we really need to um focus on leaving everything without water on that exact second so you always hear the statistic you know a person can drown in x amount of water what is it is it one inch is it it's I mean, is less it really than that? an inch oh my gosh it's less than an inch because wow. what if your child was getting into the bathtub that just had a very little amount of water but he slips he falls he bumps his head and he's unconscious sure. and he's and he's laying down and then also children that can't that can't crawl or can't roll over and they fall head down into uh, muck or into something that contains a little bit of water, then he's breathing in that water and their lungs are so small, they drown in minutes. We've uh, we've got to take a quick break on that note, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about some specific tips for water safety, including the five keys for water safety that Maria is going to tell us about. Welcome back. We're talking about water safety basics with Maria Bernal. Uh, let's jump right back into the conversation. And Maria, you've—I I saw on your website, and I think we've chatted briefly. But what are what do you, what are the five keys to water safety? The first and, and most important one is proper adult supervision, and I should say a responsible adult supervision. So. Children, like I said, are never drown proof, and the most important, the only thing that will keep them completely safe from drowning is adult supervision. That's the number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is gates. If you have a pool at home, you need to gate it. It's more difficult for them to reach it, and it takes them more time to reach the water if the pool or the water feature is gated and yeah. ha- doesn't have easy access. I know my in-laws, they put they have a portable fence where they don't have to have it up when we're not around. But then when we come into town, it's a really cool solution that I've seen where then they can put up a fence that's totally secure. And it should be self-latching and, and more than four feet tall. Yeah. yeah. And, and never keep it open for any reason, especially when your kids are, are visiting. Right. Uh, number three, of course, is uh, getting them um, trained with swim skills, especially ISR skills. The number four would be alarms. If you do have a pool or if you do have a water feature, you need all the doors and access, uh, any access gates, any windows, any doggy doors to have alarms uh, in case they open. You know, they, they sound and you can get to your child before he reaches the gate and then the water. Because children are very, very smart. 
you can never underestimate the power of a child's mind. And if he wants to get in the water, he will. He will get in the water. So you and you can't. We can't watch children one hundred percent of the time. That's just impossible. Even if number one is supervision, it's just impossible. So we need to have gates. We need to have them take longer to reach that water. And if they do, we need to have them skilled to survive. And if they're not, then that leads me to number five: parents must learn CPR. It's a must. You know, it's just if there was a license to parent, CPR would be number one on the list. Uh, so, what do you think about flotation devices like arm floaties or the flotation vest? They are extremely, extremely dangerous.、Mm-hmm. If you have any, or if you know a parent that does, please urge them to destroy them. They first of all they create a false sense of security to the、right. child. The child can't make that connection that they are swimming or that they are floating with the help of the flotation device, and it also gives a false sense of security to the parent. If you've ever gone to a public pool, you're most likely gonna see children that have arm floaties or、mm-hmm. that that have the swimsuits with the built-in floaties. With the flotations, yeah. And you're most likely gonna see that the parent isn't paying that much attention to the child. Right, because their child is safe. They think、because、they don't have they to. Th- and you can't rely on a thing for to keep your child safe. That's just. That's just not safe. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So the AAP and the Consumer Product Safety Commission doesn't allow them either. It, it just it deters、well, against them. And I know some public pools don't allow them. Well, they shouldn't. Some of the places that we've gone, they don't allow. And、them. they don't allow them to do that. Yeah. That was definitely one of the surprising things I think for us when our first was taking swim lessons and learning about because I think as a non-parent or kind of getting into it, you assume like that's your image of a yeah, kid swimming. Yeah, you just think I'll put the、yes. floaties on them, I'll, I'll toss them in the pool, they'll be fine. Yeah, and even, even if, yeah. You know, you'll be there, but that'll be、yeah. the backup. And unfortunately, most of them don't even work properly. Some of them、mm. will make the child swim with their head down. Right,、mm. that's what I get nervous about. With. Yeah, and some of them even get get off of the child、Jeez. before they even get. I've seen、yeah. videos. Yeah, if you don't inflate it properly, yeah, yeah. It starts just deflating. Or one yeah. deflates. Right.、Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, however, we do recommend that if you're not planning on going in the water, but you're near the water,、mm-hmm. like a dock or a boat,、mm-hmm. adults and children alike should wear life vest, and they、yes. should be approved by the U.S. Coast Guard. Is, is, is there a law? Yeah, ha- I think if you're on the boat, on the boat, you know, she's even saying if you're on the dock, like you're at a lake or something. Yes, yes. that makes Un- sense. Unfortunately, there's not, there isn't any law in place、uh, where the flotation device ha- have to go through. You know, like cribs that they have to go through a certain criteria、right. for them to be able to just, to sell them in stores. Well, not floaties. Just or has、vests. to be a foam in a bag、mm-hmm. that floats. So you do have to check your life vest before putting putting it on your. Your child or yourself. Yeah,、okay. interesting.、That、makes sense. What What is the key to surviving an aquatic accident? What do you think the the main key? Just the the swimming skills, or、uh, the key would be for the student to feel confident in his rollback to float. The child not only needs to learn to float, but he needs to feel confident that he can do it in any situation and wearing anything. 
by the end of the ISR program, we teach our, we get our students in the water with regular clothes on, and they perform their skills first with summer clothes on, including diapers if they're still in it, shoes, um, anything they usually wear. And then the second day, we get them in with winter clothes because it can really... Tr- um, yeah. Yes, it, the the added amount of weight is almost double their body weight yeah. because the the their jeans, their shoes, their diaper is soaked in water, and it can really throw a child off for them not to be wearing their swimsuit, you know, their regular swimsuit. So they need to feel confident that they can perform their skills in any situation. That's yeah. really. Good. I remember being young and taking swimming lessons and. Um, being asked to swim a distance that I, I don't know why, but I, I remember getting like really freaked out and you, you, you sit up and you start panicking. And I remember the instructor just saying, roll over on your back and float. And I kept thinking, well, that's not going to get me to the other side. <laughs> but you know, I was like five, I was really mm-hmm. small. And um, I remember rolling over and floating and then the, them saying, okay, do you feel okay? And I said, yes. And they said, okay, swim. And then I started swimming. And that's something, you know, it wasn't specifically ISR, but that's something that over the years, you know, if I was ever out in the ocean or anything where I did kind of get panicked because I'm not the strongest swimmer, I would just say, well, at least I know I can float. And so that's something that stuck with me, just that one instructor taking that extra time to tell me that. And that gave me the confidence that I, you know... And it's good that you were able to practice it because verbal communication to a child is not as strong as muscle communication. Mm-hmm. So though you were able to feel that float and you were able to feel yourself float. If he would have just said it out of the water, then maybe if you were in an accident, you wouldn't have felt as confident because you you, you never practice it. And, you know, even Michael Phelps needs to learn how to float. <laughs> you know, everybody will get tired eventually. So the key is their, their float and their confidence in their float. Well, so as we wrap up the conversation, what are the most important things for parents to know about water safety, either in the house or in the pools? I remember, I think it was one of the first things you said that I thought you know, really stuck with me throughout this whole conversation is that nobody is drown proof. Even at our age, or like you said, Michael Phelps, like it can happen to anyone. So what do you think are some important takeaways? If you had two minutes to tell parents, here's okay. what you need to know. I think the most important thing is floaties. Never get your children um, used to flotation devices okay. that also keeps them in a, a vertical position when the safe one is the horizontal one. Get them into ISR lessons as soon as they turn six months of age. Keep all your water features of your home gated. Empty every bucket, every pail, every sink, every bathtub. And get your older children involved as well. Let them know that it's not okay for them to get their little brother or little sister in the water without mommy. Never, ever leave your child unattended in the bathtub for even less than a second. If if you're you're giving your child a bath... uh, Put away your phone, don't answer the door, don't go for a towel, don't get anything, just watch them. How old do you recommend parents do that through? I mean, for example, my six-year-old now, I'm pretty confident in his swimming abilities, so we might, <laughs> hypothetically speaking... Let like him be, take his own bath. It, yeah, yeah, he or he is really proud to, like, start it himself. I mean, is this more for kind of toddlers or... You know what, I'm... I would say it's for everybody. Right. I remember my mom, when I was a teenager, she would always tell me, do not lock the door of the bathroom because I need to know that you're safe. And in case of an accident, I need yeah. to get access to you. So really, even 
like I said, even adults, you need to be safe. Uh, never, never close the door and let that heat um, or that vapor uh, be in there because then you can also faint. So again, not even adults are safe. So everybody needs to be aware. Um, and also, before I forget, and I, it's really important. Don't let your toddlers or your children below 13 years of age get into uh, jacuzzis or hot tubs. Mm-hmm. Those are extremely dangerous. They will lower your blood pl- blood pressure and their blood pressure really quickly and they can faint. Also, the bubbles and the jets make it really hard to see underwater. So it's very dangerous for them. And they can even contract neurological damage or limb damage because the water is just too hot for pregnant women as well. It can be dangerous to the fetus. So just stay away from hot tubs. Not even if they're cold because then you're letting them know that it's okay for them to get in the hot tub. I get a lot of parents telling me, oh, you know, we don't keep it warm so he can go in. Well, yeah, but then you're you're allowing them to get in the hot tub. So how yeah. is he going to tell which one is cold. okay and which yeah. one is not? I mean, it's interesting. Is, is it the warm water or some of the dangers with the hot tubs? Because what's the difference between a bath and a hot tub when you kind of have in warm water? Well, bathtubs are always extremely hot, even hotter than bathtubs. Hot tubs. Hot hot, I'm sorry, hot tubs. Hot tubs. Yeah. And then also the the jets and the the water, water. pressure and the water. Um, the, the like the suction. filtration system. The, the filtration. Suction. Yeah. It'll suck you in. Yeah. And for little bodies, it'll be very hard for them to get detached from that. And like I said, the jets yeah. make it harder to see. So if your child is in 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 the water. Uh, underwater, you won't be able to detect them because of all that movement. Yeah, hot tubs make me nervous. We and yeah. then they're also very dirty. You know, it's the, the, hot, the foam. <laughs> right, they think that it's bubbles like in a bubble bath <laughs> on top, and that <laughs> stuff is the gross <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right? like, yeah. like look, I'm Santa Claus, and you're like, like oh. Body yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's right. definitely a breeding ground for germs and, yeah. and all type of diseases. Yeah, but those so. filtration systems. I remember hearing some really bad stories. Yeah, when I was, me too. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up, about especially girls getting their hair. Yeah. It's like one a, of my nightmares. Yes. <laughs> I grew up with a pool and that's a yes. big, there's a lot yeah. of hair in that filter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, because right. that's, yeah. So you have to stay away from them. It's very yeah. scary. And it's there's like a law now yeah. that, uh, that helps that out, but still, it's, it's still very dangerous. All right. There, there's obviously a ton of stuff to talk about with water safety. I mean, we talked about swim lessons, pools. This was uh, hopefully a helpful conversation for our listeners. I know I enjoyed it here. Uh, we're going to continue it a little bit after the show for our uh, Parent Savers Club members. We're going to talk a little about pool toys and maybe a little more about the salsa incident because it's fascinating. Um, so thanks so much for joining us, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. It was It was a great experience. Before we wrap up today's show, here's blogger David Vienna sharing the realities of parenting from his blog, The Daddy Complex. Hi, Parent Savers. This is The Daddy Complex. I'm David Vienna, father of twin boys, and if my experience has taught me anything about parenting, it's that I know nothing about parenting. That vintage 1976 wool rug that you discovered at the thrift store? Roll it up. That limited edition Army of Darkness figurine of ash complete with chainsaw hand? Pack it away. The antique chairs your parents passed down to you in the hopes that they would one day be passed on to their grandchildren? That succession stops with you, unless splintered chairs are the new trend. Childproofing your home protects your kids, but I defy you to find a way to protect your home or anything else from your kids. Which is why it's best if you just stop getting upset about damage done and maybe 
if something needs to be replaced, get the cheap version. It'll get damaged again. Last year, we purchased a new minivan. We love it. It makes it super easy to haul around two toddlers, a dog, and whatever groceries, luggage, jetpack prototypes we may have. And don't get me started on the sound system. Anyway, I don't know when the newlywed title of new car officially wears off, but the bit I'm about to relay happened at about the three-month mark, and three months is by no means old. It still had that new car smell. One holiday weekend as we drove north for a visit with the grandparents, our son Wyatt got a tickle in his throat, coughed twice, then projectile vomited a bottle's worth of milk all over the back of the passenger seat and inside the door and the floor mats and his car seat. Just to offer a little turning of a knife, he wasn't even sick. He just coughed too hard and then did an impression of a dairy fountain. So just three months after we purchased the minivan, I had to shell out a chunk of change to have the thing detailed. But because I already accepted that everything we have is subject to destruction by the boys, I wasn't upset. It's just part of raising a toddler, or in my case, two incredibly destructive toddlers. There's simply no way around it. Your children will destroy stuff. There are entire blogs dedicated to this truism. So getting mad about it proves about as useful and worthy as screaming at the moon. And once your tot shoves a peanut butter and jelly sandwich into your new Blu-ray player, if you don't keep some perspective, you'll go start raving mad and do just that. Check out more of my terrible advice at thedaddycomplex.com, The Huffington Post, or on Twitter at The Daddy Complex. You can also view episodes of Fighting with Babies, my puppet web series for parents at thedaddycomplex.com slash FWB. And be sure to keep listening to Parent Savers for more fatherly tips. That wraps it up for today. We appreciate you guys listening to Parent Savers. Thanks to everyone in studio for joining us. Thanks to my wife for letting me come in and record these episodes, watching the kids. Uh, listeners, don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who are breastfeeding their babies still. On next week's Parent Savers, we're going to be talking about another interesting topic for parents that everyone is kind of exposed to, and that's tummy time. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Hey mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.